Hi, welcome back to Intersectional Perspectives and High Frequency. And I'm Den, and I'm joined with my friend Loella, and we're back for part two. Part two. We enjoyed doing the first one, and why not? It was a healing experience, so it's us now reacting to or analyzing (laughs) um, our chosen Frank songs. Can't say it's my favorite. I think I always have a different favorite for each era of my life. Yeah, I feel like you do. Yeah. And the last one we talked about, like, first, like, Frank Ocean, our experiences, and then we chose in a song that I think really connects both of us. Mm -hmm. But I think now we're going to be talking about each song that, like, one song for each of us that means kind of more to what we're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting part. And so we're going to first start off with... Yes, so the song I have chosen, I'm going to go back to Nostalgia Ultra, which is um, a mixtape, which is not actually on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud, and yeah, low-key, Frank got... uh, Maybe I should not talk about the lawsuits (laughs) of of this mixtape, but anyways, yes, I chose There Will Be Tears, been listening to a lot lately, a song I kind of didn't really paid any attention to like i did not pay any attention but lately i've been having on repeat so yeah let's listen to it there will be tears i've no doubt there may be smiles but a few This is a really important part of my life right now, I think, to just feel through. I know in our last analysis of Pink and White, we said that we're very forward thinking, but something really special about us, too, is that we feel the things that we do, like our emotions to the fullest extent. I think there's something really affirming about the song right now, about just the fluctuating emotions that this quarantine has brought. I think we're like really entering like deep shadow selves. I think that's some internal work I've been doing is like facing these things that I kind of, you know, drowned out with school, with et cetera, like social gatherings. But now that we're quarantined and having to really like face ourselves in a really honest and deep way, and it hasn't been pretty, it's not. You know, it looks like from the outside, maybe, you know, we're we're trying to move forward. But what's happening when I'm home and I'm alone is a whole different story. And I've had to face, I think, this deep, like when he says, 
there will be smiles, but a few, and when those tears have run out, you'll be numb and blue. I think you would think when he says, when the tears have run out, like, you'll be this new happy person, but he literally mm-hmm. says, you'll be numb and blue, and I think Frank's really honest with the fact that you you will still feel empty no matter how much you, like, empty yourself, and I think that's what 2020 has really felt like, has just been grieving a lot of things, and... I can't be there with you, I can dream. I think this not only applies to my current partner and doing like this long distance like relationship thing, but just missing my friends in a very deep way. Not just like, you know, I've been socially distancing and seeing my friends in a very um, like safe way or as safe as we can, but we're all very distant even when we're in front of each other. I don't know if you feel that way when you see people, but there's a certain level of distance to us now I think because we we just cherish this time together that we're almost like let's bring our best happy selves but I think we're all pretending that we're like okay yeah. like we're all very distant in some way and yeah. kind of going through it low-key when someone asks me how like how are you I just like yeah I'm doing good mm-hmm. but has anyone ever asked you like how are you really yeah that that's like such an honest thing and I like people who who go right deep in it and they're like I'm surviving right now and I think that was that happened to me in the summer I hung out with someone else like how are you and it was the first time someone was like I'm surviving like literally and the weight that carries to like survive doing something like no one we could have never planned this you know but yeah like we we show up and we're like like I'm, I'm good I think like we're, we don't want to burden each other I think but yeah this has been I don't know I love I love the song there's such an honesty to it and even like the beat building up is like representative of like the anxiety I've felt throughout the throughout the year of like not knowing what's next like especially when quarantine started I was like oh no, like, this is closing, oh no, this is closing, and now this is happening, and now I'm losing this, oh, maybe I can salvage this in my life, no, that's taken away too, and so it's almost like this, this, like, eruption of just so much loss, and, like, not being able to be there. It's really, this year is, like, a barrage Mm -hmm. of just, like, this constant loss and Mm -hmm. grief and everything we've lost this year just processing through all of that my granddaddy was a player
Yeah. <laughs> so that part, yeah, something actually I was telling Dan is that, that I didn't really get to share with you after. So we hiked when quarantine first started. And then that same night I flew out or I think the next morning at like six in the morning, I flew back to New York. I'm from upstate New York, and then you left after, shortly after, back home. Our flights kept getting canceled. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like, it just kept getting canceled, and then I woke up that next day after our hike, and I just left. And then, I guess, fast forward, you know, I went home, and I was kind of going through the waves of, like, what the pandemic looked like within my own house. And then, I think about a week after, my mom was like, okay, so I guess... Some context is the summer after graduation, I was supposed to fly home and I was supposed to spend the summer in the Philippines and I was supposed to use that time to study for the ELSA and be with my family and yeah, just spend time with my family like for the first time in a while and I was going to live there for a few months until... I figured stuff out, of course. COVID happened. Yeah. And then... So many and things. Then fast forward, I'm home for quarantine. About a week later, my mom comes in my room and she's like kind of crying and, and and me and my mom have a tough relationship as you know but this was the first time you know my mom's like we have there's too much going on in this world we need we need to really just like work on on each other on and lean on each other and it was the first time my mom really came to me asked me for support and she's like you know like my dad is really sick right now and I think within three days we just saw a decline in his health and he actually passed away And this was at like, yeah, it was at the peak of the pandemic. And so all these emotions were already happening. And then my grandpa left. And as I said in the earlier thing, my life was going really fast. All I literally cared about was the communities I was serving. I was very into my orgs that I kind of, you know, like forgot about my friendships, my personal life. It it was just, I was on the go. And I think when one of my orgs kind of, heard about my grandpa's passing and I think everyone was trying to move forward or try to normalize this new normal and they kind of were like great like whether it was coping or not but someone was like great awesome so how are you going to contribute to move forward this project that we've been working on all year and I think that was my first reality check that I was like I had been putting my time and energy in the wrong thing I think in the wrong things and that was the first time I allowed myself to really rest and understand like what grief was not just like this physical thing of losing like my lolo but like of grieving like I even grieve like what my mom looked like to me for the first time in my life my mom looked like someone's daughter as opposed to being my mom I was like mm. and I think to to this day that that really shifted our relationship because it was the first time I actually mentally checked in on my mom and took care of her and like and to this yeah now our relationship is looks very different from that experience of and I think this these lyrics like really I it was the first time I guess like the song I would you know just listen to and I like the beat but it really hit me because it talks about like grandfather and like my my dad was not present in my life and so that was like the only father figure I had but he says like my my dad was like my granddaddy was a player like my (laughs) (laughs) a a big rift in my family was that my my grandpa started a different family as you know divorce doesn't exist in the Philippines so yes we were always like hmm like yeah like he started a new family but 
he was still like my grandpa and my mom's relationship to him was very close and I think what was really hard for her like when Prank says oh I can't be there like she literally could not like as my grandpa was being buried she could not be there because of COVID because of how far the Philippines is and like the barriers and all those things and so to grieve that and not be able to be there it's almost like she had to grieve from afar and I still don't think my mom and I are fully healed from it but yeah and when Frank says hide my face like it was the first time I had to be strong for my family and not just for my family but like for my mom and so this song just like holds like a lot of weight and this is my first time sharing with you so thanks Mm -hmm. for like taking in something so heavy no this Mm -hmm. is I'm I never knew these parts of your life and Mm -hmm. like actually just one thank you for sharing with me and allowing me to learn that part of you and actually I think I remember around that time where we, we both kind of before we departed ways in March you told me go back home like remember what it's like to be just be what it is to be someone's son someone's brother and also like within your family is like what it's like to have a son what it's like to be a mother from my mom's side what it's like to be a, a wife and just with my dad my dad too like kind of how we're all kind of positioned in each other's lives mm-hmm. yeah it was like and it's so weird how that lesson to me came at such a different way like my own lesson that I was trying to have you like emulate did your family dynamic shift as well I mean I don't know if anything shifted fundamentally we I think it was just kind of this moment of like I think for the first part of it was, I have to go home. Like, I just have to be there. And the second is, I feel like I just got closer to them within the few months and just especially during this, like, really tragic and difficult and challenging time. Mm -hmm. Because your parents are in healthcare. Yeah, they were both frontliners. They're both frontliners. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like... (laughs) remember what it's like to be someone's daughter yeah. and like someone's sister yeah I, I literally are on our depart I, I faced done because we had been so it was important for us to to really stand as leaders especially you know with our identities we, we deserve to be heard and to lead and I think but it was a time in our life where we had to go back home and to really to really be like someone's child and sibling and friend and it still is important, I think. Yeah. Do you feel like you're bridging those two parts of, like, where you're headed as an adult and kind of the life that you are being someone's family member? Mm, I don't think I'm bridging it. I think with post-grad, I'm, I'm learning how to set boundaries. I think mm. when I am with my friends, that's what I am. I think I'm starting to refrain. I think when going to Berkeley, I, I didn't know... I think that's what shocked me, I think, with with grieving, especially my grandpa, that I was so caught up in things that I forgot certain parts of my life, where it's not even a balance. I think it's more like, it can't be 50-50, 100%, 100% all the time. But I think when I'm with my friends, I'm so tired of like discussing such difficult conversations about like this and school and work, etc. that I'm like, like the other day, I, I was on a picnic with my friends and I was like, 
we're here to laugh and that's what we're doing (laughs) and I'm starting to learn how to do that to just ask people like how are you on like a human level and not like oh what are you doing like there are spaces for that where it's appropriate and like when I'm home I don't want to sit there and talk huge jargon with my mom like I want to be her daughter and make like like roll lumpia with her and like you know and stuff like that and not sit there and tell her I know she's like she knows like my actions and my and my like whatever I get into will speak for itself. Yes. But I think it's really important to draw those lines for me now. I think that's what their grieving or that grieving process is still teaching me, is to like draw lines. It's like really important. Wow. So the lines and boundaries that exist in your life. Mm-hmm. Where it's yeah. like there is a work me, there's a personal me, and those two can exist at the same time, but it doesn't have to exist together all the time. It's just not. It's not healthy. It really isn't healthy. Yeah. So be remember remember what you bring <laughs> in the space that you enter mm-hmm. and where you're leaving out. Right. This is joy, this is summer Keep alive Stay alive Got your medal on We're alone Making sweet love, taking time The God strikes us that's a pretty fucking fast year flew by That's a pretty long third gear in this car Gliding on the fire The deer run across Kill the headlights Pretty fucking Underneath moonlight now Well, um Yeah <laughs> This is my song for the year, honestly Um Okay, this part where he's like, got your metal on, we're alone, making sweet love, taking time till God strikes us. <laughs> That's me and my, the guys in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, mm, y'all, y'all gays. <laughs> y'all getting struck. <laughs> y'all getting struck. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just a kind of the way Frank has evolved too from Nostalgia Ultra mm-hmm. which is like a very raw hymn into Channel Orange which is kind of this his spotlight is his like coming into himself and then into Blonde which is such a produced and curated album it feels present almost like it feels like it it progresses into him really looking around yes and I remember hearing something like the that blonde itself is like divided into seasons Mm -hmm. um so there's like the spring like pink and white and all that to like summer like poolside convo self-control to like fall which is like siegfried and then winter which is kind of like this experience of death and renewal 
and it like has a cycle to it mm-hmm. but I think why Skyline 2 was a very important song for me is this year fucking flew by <laughs> that's a pretty fucking fast year that flew by and uh, there's just so much to process from what happened this year and I don't know if he's even processing like it kind of just goes by and you just have to write it and and this was a song that for me was when I was in Texas for a few months having gone back and I took on this road trip by myself three days straight to go back into California and I was talking to my therapist about this (laughs) Um, there was just this very like magical moment for me of feeling all those miles by myself after being in like one room doing work doing like classes and just being also like a family member and having it all melted together into just having to be having having to focus on the road for three days straight by myself really allowed me to break those boundaries that existed in my head that had been built up by the four corners of a room and there was just something very transformative about that. Pretty fucking underneath moonlight now. Pretty fucking sunrise and sun. comes the morning hunting us with the beams. So sustained as far as it used to be. It begins to blur, we get older. Blur. Summer's not as long as it used to be Every day counts like crazy Smoke Haze Wanna get soaked? Damn, every day counts like crazy <laughs> Like Every yeah. day counts like crazy Yeah And this like weird lost year almost And isn't it kind of, I think for me it's so interesting how being super busy and not in like a really like healthy way and having things happen this year and bringing me back to being present what it's like to be present and really enjoying my time on this earth mm-hmm. every every day counts like crazy and it's and i think that there might not be like this big spectrum of happiness that exists within like a timeline you can't just categorize that you almost have to find the joy in the moments itself right. and you know even like we're living through a quarant- like a whole ass pandemic yeah. <laughs> a whole ass pandemic it's like I still get to enjoy the little parts like recording a podcast with like a really good friend of mine mm-hmm. to even just like small victories that happen throughout the day or yeah, it feels stagnant, but we're growing. Like, it feels like the days are not counting, but I think, like I told you, like, this summer... Like, we, we kind of caught up recently about, like, how I spent the summer, like, hiking and working out, and I didn't realize that growth until I, like, would, I'd say it to someone else, or, like, the growth that you've had, like, building this creative outlet. I think we forget that life is still going. Like, it, each day we're still making something out of it, even when we feel like we've lost these days. We are still growing. And yeah, actually, it's, <laughs> I think it's so interesting because I think whenever you like, whenever you tell me, like, you used to just run and hike all the time during the summer, mm-hmm. and 
just like how you were focusing on other things and building different parts, rebuilding and building parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. It really reminded me of maybe like, what was I building during this time? Like these past few months and just not, not count like things were happening and things were moving and kind of just, it begins to blur. We get older no, I'm a senior. <laughs> I still don't, can't even, yeah. like, wrap my head around that. Being a senior, I remember when I first came to Berkeley, the first first few years here still. I guess even my first year, really, was, like, wow, like, first semester ended. I was like, oh, I have, like, seven more semesters to go. And they're like, <laughs> Not you counting. Not <laughs> me counting, really, like, counting it down already. So I guess, like, I ask you, like, do you feel like just even within the span of whatever COVID, I guess, this quote-unquote COVID year, February, it's now, what, almost November? Oof. Do you think you've aged a lot more, like, mentally? Obviously, it's only been a year, but it feels like it's been three, low-key. It feels both, right? It feels like it's gone by really quickly and it's gone by really slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like a painstaking, like, day by day but then sometimes all those days melt together into one yeah and i was actually talking to like one of my really good friends about this how like i don't even look forward to the (laughs) fridays anymore like they kind of just exist there (laughs) right they do um within that and also i'm just really happy about the friendships that i've got to have during these past few months i feel like i've gotten really I'm reminded of who are who are more important in my life and getting to pause and get to getting to cultivate that deeper relationship with them when I'm not on that zoom screen Mm -hmm. who am I with right I noticed that you're cultivating a lot of your friendships I think like I said earlier I barely saw you last year but I noticed you are showing up like it's only what I've seen you like a few times this week but you are really showing up for your personal life and I think that's really healthy I see you, like, really rebuilding that social self again. But in a tame way. I think when we first met each other, we were really consumed by our social life. And that was part of us figuring (laughs) ourselves out. But I think we're really, yeah, (laughs) finding our balance. There were some chaotic parts, for sure. Like, a few months, Mm -hmm. a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah, a couple years ago, we were different. We're different. (laughs) (laughs) Acting all brand new. Brand new and shit. Yeah. brand new. But... (laughs) Everything grows in the Congo. Everything grows. Can you come when I call again? Shoulder carried away. 
Cause I'm stronger Congo is dead Smoke And comes the morning I think this part of the song is my favorite. Mm-hmm. When the way just it kind of like builds all the way up, where he's like, in the morning, ah, uh, like just hits that and it's like dies down. And that is a song. Um, and we smell of Californication. Mm-hmm. I think this just reminds me so much of my journey. I <laughs> am journey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, journey. My- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everyone's like, oh, my journey with this, but. <laughs> journey though like I think when you were talking about how Blonde was in seasons like I think you were sharing with me how like that drive from Texas to California had like this like butterfly metamorphosis for you <laughs> yeah so um, so the way that drive was structured for me is the different phases of my life and my road trip consisted of three days the first was I didn't even make it out of Texas <laughs> and it reminds me of that verse from Frank where he's like working on my way to make it out of Texas mm. every day every night but I think yeah within that first day I went from San Antonio to El Paso and that was kind of my caterpillar stage my kind of young larvae <laughs> larvae mm-hmm. ew mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you slimy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then my second day was my longest, and it was from Texas to California and all the parts in between, which was just dry ass desert, <laughs> which was New Mexico and Arizona. And it was really hot. And I remember it was just kind of like the point of driving through that part was just to get through it. And that I think just speaks a lot of like this in between stage of. Sometimes you just have to get through it. Mm-hmm. And that second day was my metamorphosis, my cocoon. Um, and day three is when I actually, like, started my drive from California in Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, and drove up all the way to Berkeley. And that is kind of my butterfly, my future. And truly is, like, where my kind of my next destination is and where I'm spending this part of my life is working towards my future, whatever that means, <laughs> whatever that means. I don't know if it is for you, but I feel like when I'm here, I don't think I ever take it for granted, but not being a California native, when I come back, it's, there's always some like magic to it, especially yes. after having gone home. Like when I fly in, I, I really look out and I'm like, wow. I think cause it's yeah. so reminiscent of the Philippines, like weather wise and even landscape. The closest I think I've ever seen. I'm not sure about Texas landscape, but... The suburbs could never. The suburbs (laughs) really could never. But there's really some level of magic to California that I think, yeah, California natives, like, forget, you know. (laughs) California natives. magic. Yeah, like, California nation. Californication. Californication nation, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Clearly, I'm not from here. (laughs) I'm not from here, but I'm here. (laughs) Um... And that's so interesting to me. Like, California is part of my life now. Same. And even as I talk to my friends from Texas, they kind of always bring up California. Mm-hmm. And t- 
to me, I maybe it's like normalized because it's this phase of my life and I'm in it all the time. But I just kind of forget sometimes how special it is to be here and to meet the kind of people that I'm meeting, have the conversations that I'm having and kind of just developing my brain in such an artistic kind of forward thinking, critical thinking lens that it is here. And there's always so much to do ranging from like food to art to music <laughs> and even maybe like driving raves. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really such a beautiful place. Like, yeah. It's like part of me too. And I think, yeah, that lens going back to to like us having all these different places inside of us and we don't really know because like we said you and I move forward so quickly like there's like that part of me that's like Davao there's always that part of me that's like New York and now California and I always wonder like what's next like because I'm that type of person I'm like really what what next place will I make a home out of and like will live inside of me you're Sagittarius moon I really am I really am like what's next you're cancer but you're also Sag Mm -hmm. And, you know, I couldn't end this episode without asking you some questions from Future of Free. Actually, one of my favorite tracks from Frank of all time. Let me pull Um, up the lyrics. And... Me typing ASMR. This is the (laughs) ASMR segment of this. Loki, very sad that this, you know, our time together, this has been so fun to do. Like, freeing. You were here for a few weeks Mm -hmm. until go back and then we'll you know we'll we'll catch up we'll, we'll catch up again we'll catch as we up. usually do yeah as we always do <laughs> through frank probably <laughs> <laughs> always through frank um ooh what's the best thing about being you and what's the worst mm, the best thing about me is that i feel everything very honestly hmm. And that's also the worst part about me, <laughs> like, low-key. I think yeah. it, it has made me, like, a better friend. I can read a room better, nice. but to be able to read a room this much is also, like, terrifying. I feel like I watch every step that I take and every move. Yeah. How about you? Can I Can I um, reverse card Uno? <laughs> <laughs> you said, <laughs> what's the best thing about being me? I think resiliency, mm-hmm. and I think not only, like... The, the privilege of being Filipino and being built from years of resistance and resiliency, I think that is in my DNA. Yeah. And the way that I've kind of moved through these times as well as I've approached it with kind of a sense of making peace with the moments, being present, and always looking forward in a way that centers growth. And I think also like thinking beyond myself is, I don't also want to be selfish with the impact that I want to leave on this earth. Right. Um, the worst thing? I'm so hard on myself. Mm, you are. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. I think this thing, this, you know what it is. It's like, it's not like an inside joke. We be deep, <laughs> we, we're deep or whatever, but yeah. we're always like, we're always looking at each other's eyes. And I think when, mm. when you speak of work or like your self-esteem, I think it, it reflects on our eyes. Like you always look at my eyes and you're like, well, you're going through it. But I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I look at our eyes, like there's a certain level of strength in their eyes. I feel like there's a mutual agreement that we're okay. I don't know if you feel that. That's what I see in yeah. the past like hangouts we've had. Like we could be going through it and we're and, holding up. <laughs> like we're holding up low key. And we moving forward. Mm-hmm. And we're putting in the work to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell like you're holding up. Like you are hard on yourself, but I think 
as you strengthen other parts of your life, not just like part that's like work and career development. I think you're like, you're coming back into yourself in like a really cool way. Thank you. And I also just really appreciate that earlier kind of sentiment of saying that I've been a lot more present with the people in my life. Yeah. Like, thank you. Like, I think that's just so nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, rewarding that I'm doing okay. Yeah. You're, you're doing okay, for sure. And my second question is, um, do you have any secret talents? Hmm. Secret talents? Ooh, yeah. I noticed lately that I'm pretty good at parallel parking. Like, <laughs> no low-key... Not me. Like <laughs> no, not you. Like, no, not you. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I didn't realize until, like, I was driving with my friend, my really good friend, and she was like, I kid you not, like, trying to parallel park. And I was... I think when I watch awkward situations, I just want to calm people down. And then towards the end, after, you know, like, whatever that was, <laughs> I was like... I was like, y'all know that my secret talent is parallel parking. And she's like, you're just telling me this now. <laughs> the most polite thing you could have done is, like, parallel park for all of us. And we could have <laughs> gotten to our destination faster. And I think ever since then, I've been trying to offer it, like, when I see someone struggling. Not your Jeep, though, like... You're not, like, not, uh, not that one. But <laughs> I think when I'm in a car and it's manageable, I think I've been like, let me parallel park. Like, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Any secret talents from you? Oof. Um talents i feel like as i'm thinking through jobs and all that uh, work whatever yeah whatever <laughs> is creativity like my kind of this innate artistic ability that i've had and have always kind of just been natural and second nature to me um it just kind of comes naturally in anything that i do i feel mm-hmm. and i actually even have to actively repress that part of me in certain times we know why yeah right? we know where that stems from code switching Mm-hmm. Codes would change. It's just the nature of our culture, too. Creatives are just not even, valued. The way creative is even just, like, subjective, like, mm-hmm. objectified or subject... I don't know what it is. What's the word? Like... Yeah. I, we could put metrics maybe. <laughs> on creativity. But I think, like, no, you wear many hats. I tell you all the time. You're, like, a botanist. You are, you're very, very creative, I think. You always, I always forget that you can draw. Like, you can draw really well, and you come from, like, a family of artists. But also, I think I realized, like, Filipinos are so creative. Like, yes. we do not... Like, I'd be watching Filipino TikTok. I'm, like... Really? They're, like, creative, and just, like, the rise of Filipino creatives. Just this past year, I think I've been really seeing it, and I think we should allow ourselves to do that. Like, we're doing it. Like, I guess this is creative. We're just talking, but... The way, I mean, maybe the way we produce it. <laughs> yeah. And... Ooh. Oh, another question. <laughs> and this is my last question for you. Okay, okay. Um, what is the most amazing thing you've ever witnessed? Mm. I don't know. That's, like, really hard to choose. I feel like... I, f- I feel really deeply, and I think... I always am like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever felt. I'll experience something new and I'm like, no, this is the most amazing thing. And I think just like little bits of my life. I think if I could like, I don't know if I can answer that directly, but I, you know, I I went to this thing where people do things with um, my outing Mark, shout out Mark, who I really love so much. And we had a moment together under this letter E. (laughs) 
<laughs> or whatever. It's just a letter. That's Bloody. all it is. Just it, it could be a letter or an experience. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> we had this moment, and I really was literally like, I don't know. It could have been the, the letter, or it could have just really been the love we have for each other. But just like it sounds so stupid and cliche and hallmark, but like like love and like happiness is really like the most amazing thing. Like I I. I've experienced having everything in the world, honestly, like having the best living situation, being in the most beautiful places. But if love and happiness are not in it, it just it doesn't make sense. And I think we both realized that at that moment, that little this is what we said to each other, like life is full of like little slices of like heaven. Yes. And that's like the happiness you feel with like, like the euphoria of love, literally. The euphoria of love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for <laughs> answering my questions and talking about Frank and everything in between. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been so fun and healing. Can't, did not even keep track of the time. <laughs> Super fun. All right. Well, this is Den. And I'm Loella. And thank you for tuning in to High Frequency X Intersectional Perspectives. Sober edition. Sober edition. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, Godspeed. Yeah.